0: Welcome back, everybody, to Thanks for Your Concern. You are here with Berenice.
1: And I'm Ella. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome
0: back. You're here with uh, now 26-year-old me.
1: Woo! It's your (laughs) year, baby. I had a dream. It came to me from the stars that this is your year.
0: It's so funny, actually, because when you texted me, like, on my actual birthday, it was, like, my hangover after, like, three days of drinking, right? So I woke up and, like, you know, like, alcohol is a depressant. So I woke up looking miserable. Like, was not having it in the morning. And Ella just texted me, like, I know that this is going to be your year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I feel it in my bones that this is going to be your year because I feel like you needed like a year to settle in New York before you can start like, you know, you you need to settle, adjust and like make a new life. Now you can just like, boom, propel like a rocket ship, like a
0: fucking rocket ship. And actually, it's funny because my birthday also marks like a year of me being like single. As single as one is when they're still dabbling in bullshit. But you know what? Like, that's okay. It's still like a single girl for a year. Uh, we're going to keep those vibes going. Um, but my birthday was really good, actually. My friends from home came. I On Thursday, we ended up at like an Indian rave. We weren't even going to go out. I don't know what happened. But we ended up at an Indian rave. And I was ready to party. I was ready to make dance circles. I was on one, all right? I was feeling myself. The Indian girlies weren't feeling me, but I was feeling it. So it's all good. It's all good. And then on Friday, we went to like a nice dinner at this love place. Those. like Catch. I don't know if I do love those because this place in particular, they took like an hour to like we had a reservation and it took an hour for them to sit us.
1: And uh, I would have l- thrown a fit.
0: Yeah, I just, like, wasn't expecting that, and I wore, the, like, the wrong shoes, and there wasn't, like, a sitting area.
1: Oh, my God, i um, lose it.
0: Yeah, so it wasn't my favorite at all, and, like, I've never had a waiter, like, come up to me and yell at me, like, as I'm sitting down, okay, so... Why? Okay, so essentially, they were like, you have to order all your food at once, Right. They were like, you can order drinks right now, but when I come back, you have to order all your food at once, that's it. And we were like, well, what? Like, can we order apps with, like, our drinks? And he's like, no, you have to do it all at once. That's it. And I was just like, am I- Are you joking?
1: No, dead ass. I no. would literally have been like, can I speak to your manager? Like, I literally would have- I, I that is uncalled for.
0: And this is, like, a pretty, like, bougie restaurant. So I was just like, um, What? <laughs> But listen, at this point, I was already fucked up. I was like, "What the fuck? Ever is everybody like ready to order everything?" I guess I fucking once. It was fine. It was fine. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, but that that night was low key because, like, I, we were. I was so tired. Like, it's minimal mm-hmm. sleep, a lot of drinking and running around with friends, which was great. But by the third day, by like my actual like Saturday shopping, you know, where we dressed up as Luddy witches, which ended up being a really cute theme. I would encourage anybody with Love like, a it. spooky birthday to do that. Um, I was just on a different level of Bernice. Like I turned into a demon. I I don't know, I don't know what came over me, but um I don't I don't know that girl. She was okay, so here's what happened. So in, in between <laughs> in between dinner and karaoke, we went to a random like K-town spot. They lured us in with freeze rings. They were like, go show this to the bouncer. And he'll take you upstairs and you get free drinks. And I was like, this sounds like we're about to get fucking snatched in Koreatown. Like, let's not do that. But all these witches were like, let's do it. So we go to this Koreatown spot and there's this man and it's his birthday. And they give him a bottle of champagne. He like busts it open, pours it in his mouth and then spits it into his girlfriend's mouth in the middle of the dance floor. Right. And I go, I want to do that.
1: You want to be spitted on or you want to spit on somebody? Oh, I want
0: to spit on somebody. So then I did that. Okay. So, so then we went to karaoke. Girl power. So then I went to karaoke and I was like, hey guys, would you like to in your mouth? You know, we got three years It's your in birthday, window. man.
1: If there's any day that you can birthday. request that, it was my that's birthday. your birthday.
0: Yeah, so I don't know what came over me, but yeah, I was on one. But really good birthday. I know that I'm in a transitional period of my life, which I'm okay with. So I can't wait to like reflect some more and figure out some of my goals for 20, 27. I almost said I was 27. For 26, Mm -hmm. and I'm feeling good.
1: Woo, woo. We love that.
0: Yeah. Good
1: birthday energy.
0: Good birthday energy. How was your weekend? What'd you do?
1: You guys, I'm doing great. I might sound a little hoarse. Or a little not as beautiful as my vocals usually sound. I don't know why. I don't feel sick. I did go to the OL Rain versus Kansas City, which is, if you don't know, female soccer semifinals. I'm telling you, at this point, I feel like I could be like a female sports influencer. I've been seeing all the really cool, hot, Female sports games. So I talked about a couple weeks ago when I saw Sue Bird's last game. That was tight. And then her partner slash wife is Reg- Megan, Rapine- Megan Rapinoe, who is the captain of the U.S. Nationals team, Olympian. So I got to see her IRL in some very good seats. So that was kind of fun, and I was yelling. But I went with my dad and I seriously, like, I had PTSD flashbacks from when mm-hmm. I played soccer. Like, literally, like, I've never, like, I felt like, like, I don't know, like I was getting, like, warped into a vortex into the past. Like, it was spooky. But it was a good time overall. Had a great time. Went to the oldest Chinese restaurant in Seattle, um, okay, which, which is, one? it's called Tai Tung. I believe that's where me and Berenice say, Got photos with the only Asian (gasps) Santa in Seattle.
0: That makes sense. I did not know that was the oldest Chinese restaurant. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, so since 1935, they made it through World War II and people being locked up in Japanese internment because they also took anyone that was Japanese adjacent, including the Chinese. Anyways, so that was really cool. But the funniest thing that happened to me is I woke up with 100 notifications on TikTok. And I was like, oh, my what did God.
0: did
1: I do? <laughs> I went viral. I checked my notifications. My aunt has gone through all of my old TikToks and liked and commented on all of that, which we love. We love a supportive queen. But I literally was like, this is so fucking funny because I literally thought I went TikTok viral, but it was just my supportive aunt, which I mean is honestly better. But it was a funny moment. Um, but yeah. She
0: upped your engagement, girl.
1: I know, right? That's
0: commitment. A hundred notifications.
1: There was a lot of notifications. It was crazy. But you know what the only non-aunt related notification was? What? My slimy motherfucking ex following me. (gasps) And I just, I'm like. And I honestly, I don't really care. You can follow me. You can't. You don't follow me. I don't give a fuck. The only reason I care is because when I was deciding I wanted to be problematic and I had the Instagram unfollow follow app where you can see who unfollows you. Yeah. Uh, he unfollowed me. And the only reason that pissed me off is because he literally follows, follows 10,000 people on Instagram (laughs) because, you know, he thinks he's an, he's an influencer model, whatever, whatever, whatever. So he follows 10,000 people (laughs) and he went out of his way to unfollow me.
0: He couldn't, one out of 10,000. He couldn't just mute you. He straight up had to unfollow
1: you. And also I don't even post that much. So he had to like think of me to go unfollow. So whatever. So I'm like,
0: girl, you know, nowadays, I don't know if it's better that he followed you or if he would have blocked you. I got blocked on TikTok. (laughs) Same energy. Same energy. Why would you go out of your way to block somebody, bro? Just unfollow them. That's so fucking weird.
1: That's funny. (laughs) The block on TikTok is aggressive. Yeah, I was like, shit. Maybe, is he posting things he doesn't want you to see? Like, is he posting thirst traps?
0: Girl, I don't fucking know. I, I don't know. I mind my business. I mind oh. my
1: business. <laughs> okay. <laughs> also, we have an announcement. Before we get started with the episode, we have an announcement. So next week, we're going to do a super fun episode. And it's going to be, I have and I do it again. So basically, it's like the <laughs> opposite of never have I ever. It's the... I have. I'm going to fess up to it and tell you I'd do it again. So any of your like juicy little secrets of things that you've done, whether it's toxic, petty, boss, bitch, anything, send those into the inbox. We'll put a little poll uh, on Instagram to remind you, and you can send those to thanks the number four your concern on Instagram
0: so excited for this i think it can be so fun if you want to own up to something hoey those are my fave today um to set an example today i found a random man's shirt in my room whose is it i don't know do i care not really what did i do because i needed a gym shirt but i wanted to show my butt off i cut that bitch right in
1: the middle and i do it again Ayo, first one (laughs) in the book so call in with yours (laughs) Well, that's that's the updates. Are we ready to get into the episode? (laughs)
0: Let's do it. Let's do it. Welcome. Thanks for your concern. Today, we are talking attachment styles.
1: Attachment styles. And if you're not familiar with attachment styles, attachment styles is essentially like a theory that based mm-hmm. on the attachment that you developed as a child and kind of how you were given or not given love, it affects how you attach to adults in your, uh, attach to people in your adult life. And it often comes out in relationships, whether that be friendship, but also romantic relationships so we're gonna be talking about the different attachment styles and what they are i'm gonna include an attachment style quiz in the comments so this might be like a good time to pause take a quiz you have a little bit of some like i don't know like just an idea to roll around your yeah a little self-awareness to just like roll these ideas around in your brain i
0: that and also with attachment styles this isn't just like from childhood this could be any trauma you experience at any point in your life that fundamentally sort of like shook the way that you form attachments to others
1: um so let's get into it yeah I want to do a disclaimer at the top Couple disclaimers. One, we're yeah. not professionals. No, no, Am I no. An- <laughs> <laughs> Take everything we say. Obviously, we're speaking from professionals, and I'm gonna link the two books that I've read most about attachment styles in our description box as well. Um, and honestly, like attachment styles is more of a theory versus a diagnosis. So it means that like it can be changed. It's malleable. This isn't something that like is cemented forever in something you can't do about it. Also, this is like a theory that if it doesn't resonate with you, okay, whatever, take it or leave it. Also, if something triggers you, and I mean not in like a – we're not – there's no trigger warnings on this episode, but if you have like a strong emotional reaction to something we say, that might be something to mull over. Um, I had a funny funny conversation with a friend where I asked them a question that was in no way triggering, was just like a question – and they like literally were visibly triggered by it. Oh. And I think it was because it kind of like poked at like a deeper thing that I didn't know was there. But like everything yeah. can trigger us and like just thinking about something that like you might need to look at. You might wanna circle back to that. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: I will also say, obviously, like we read about some of this stuff, but I am speaking from just personal experiences of people like in my life that I have noticed like these type of like behaviors or things from um and i mean you might you might listen to what we have to say and catch those things on other people and in your relationships i actually think that, that attachment styles are, are super super interesting and i actually started looking into and reading into attachment styles because i wanted to like better my own relationships like based on my relationships in the past i i noticed certain behavior that i was like why do i react this way to people you know and just looking into attachment styles overall can help you develop, I think, better friendships, better relationships, um, and better just like a relationship with yourself and learning about yourself.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I was kind of thinking about when did I start looking into attachment styles, and it wasn't like until pretty later in my life, and once I did, excuse me, once I, did I saw like things in past relationships where I'm like, okay, this is like, these puzzle pieces are coming together, so... I'm gonna take a lot from me too.
0: So. <laughs> Okie dokie. So to start off, um, this is my favorite. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> There's no favorites. Um, but this is one that I find really interesting, and it's avoidant and dismissive at- attachment style. Um, how I would describe this in the people that I know would be like. They don't necessarily like to communicate their feelings or emotions or they have like a really hard time doing so.
1: Yeah. And it's kind of like these are kind of characterized with um, kind of your relationship with yourself and then how that also relates to your relationship with others. So people that are avoidant might have like like a high sense of self, a high w- value or a high esteem of themselves but, like, also a very high avoidance of attachment. Like, they literally go out of their way to avoid getting close to people. And, obviously, I think a lot of people... I think we see this a lot in, like, reality TV love shows where it's, like, it takes someone forever to, like, open up. And you can't get any... This person doesn't want to, like, get close to you. And then, you know, they don't open up until, like, there's three of them left. And then the other person's like, bro, it's too late, like you've been avoiding getting close to me for this long, so I've already built better connections with other people. Like, I wish you would have opened up like this, like, way before so we could have developed a closeness. So I think that's one of, like, the telltale signs. It's someone that just is, like, kind of keeps everyone at an arm's length.
0: Yeah, sometimes it's like being by hyper, like hyper independence, wanting to do things all by themselves all the time, or like kind of isolating themselves, when situations that they don't like arise, instead of like talking about it. They don't really like to like rely on other people for anything. Um, And then I would also say like, this isn't just like, because sometimes I feel like when saying like, oh, people like to be alone, you think like introverts. These are not introverts. These are people who like, are like, at least in my experience. I've had like friends and people in my past who have been really extroverted, but have like a really difficult time forming attachment. So they're, they tend to like have grown up maybe like a little bit of a loner vibe, but they don't have a lot of friends like growing up or friends that they carried from childhood into adulthood. But and they're not like the craziest people in like a new new setting. But once they get to know you, they're like super extroverted, like super fun, but they got to get like really warm and comfortable with you.
1: I think that, like, a lot of times when you're – obviously, like, I have a perspective of this of dating avoidant people from, like, a cis het kind of thing. So a lot of my experience with avoidant men is because I date men or whatever, and this can be with anybody. But when you're – I'm not going to say dating an avoidant person, but an avoidant person is the type of person that doesn't seek a relationship, that, like, literally – would just kind of rather do their own thing. They don't feel like that they need a relationship or they need anybody else. And they're like, and kind of what Berenice said with this hyper-independence is thinking that I don't need anybody else because I've got me.
0: Yeah, and it's at the end of the day it's a defense mechanism. So this could be also like somebody that you're seeing that can get like really hot and cold. Like things are going really good and suddenly poof gone, disappeared. He's ghosting. Um may come back around, but they again don't know how to express their emotions, so it's hard for them to form that attachment because literally their body, their minds are telling them not to because they might get hurt.
1: And I think why some people kind of can get confused by the hot and cold situation is because, like, as human beings, like, we do thrive connection with other people, right? Like, we want attachment. And when you're growing up, you literally, like, need attachment to the adults in your life because you can't function alone. And so some of, like, what we would call, like, an insecure attachment styles are people that just, like, we're not attached securely to their adults in one way or the other. And I think a lot of people might hear this and think, and I've seen this really commonly with people that I know, is that, They had like what they would say is a really good childhood. Like they would say like, oh, yeah, I had a good childhood. Like, you know, I went on family vacations. I had two parents and think that that's all you need to have a secure attachment and might not look into themselves and think that, hey, maybe some of the way that I was raised or the way that my parents connected with me was not ideal for me as a developing human, Um, So I think a lot of people who are avoidant or anyone that has insecure attachment might not think of it because they think like they had an ideal home or like they didn't have it that bad. Um, So that's why like everyone should look at attachment style because it's not just someone that has like what we would consider like traditional trauma growing up.
0: I don't really want to go – I don't think we're really going to go into, like, the causes of it. I think, like, if you want to find out more, that's something you can definitely take time to look into. Just because I feel like those things are very thought-provoking and can be triggering. So, you know, if you see those traits within yourself, go find out (laughs) more
1: information. Yeah, I just mean, like, it's not, like, just for, like – I don't know. Like, this. everyone is affected by attachment styles. It's not just, like –
0: Oh, I agree. And I see a lot of, like, emotional – emotional unavailability or like avoidant specifically from like, I think we talked about this a lot. That was like one girl hurt a man and he never got fucking over it. I see that a lot. I see that so much. Like they get hung on to this trauma caused by one person and rather than like try to kind of like dissect it and maybe, maybe get some therapy, maybe talk yourself through it, figure out how this person affected like literally your psyche people just like instead push other people away and they're like, well, I don't want to get hurt. I have other things going on. So I'm not going to welcome connection and attachment into my life. I will also say that like how I have, I guess, yeah, how I have not like dealt, but like how I have tried to better my relationships with people in my life that that are avoidant just by like consistency and like, reassurance and also giving people some of their space because and not taking it personally when they want space because you kind of have to meet them halfway like you the most part
1: yeah I think um I think a lot of times like when you're avoidant you might not even consciously be making like I think a lot of times people think that everyone is making a super conscious choice to to be dismissive or to be far away sometimes it's not always like that. Like sometimes it's just like a natural reaction that our bodies have that we just are like, like we feel close and then we push people away. We feel close, push people away. And sometimes if you communicate with an avoidant person, like, hey, I kind of have been feeling you like pulling back a bit, you know, is anything going on? They might be like, oh no, you know? And they might just be like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. And it's not them like trying to like gaslight you or like they're not purposefully trying to push you away so sometimes checking in with the person might help out a lot I know that like we're gonna talk about like anxious attachment yet next but anxious attachment people and avoidant attachment people for whatever reason get together and have like <laughs> tumultuous relationships <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) And that's mostly because, like, two people with insecure attachments have, like, a hard time having a secure... Like, two you know, like, two polarizing magnets don't usually come together awesome without a little bit of effort, you know? So do you have anything else you want to say about avoidant before we get into, like, anxious and we can lace them together?
0: I guess if you see these traits on your friends and you see them trying to push you away just you know give them some grace and try to communicate with them i have a friend who's avoidant and i kind of just told her like you're stuck with me it's too bad i'll i'll be here let me know when you're ready (laughs) we can chat whenever but yeah that's all i gotta say for that
1: the next one is anxious attachment which i I know dearly i'm a i I don't know. Sometimes I think I'm like, um, I don't want to say I'm cured because obviously like curing is like not a thing, but I am way less anxious avoidant because I've become so much more aware of kind of like through uh, cognitive behavioral therapy uh, and you can get CBT workbooks. I'll link the one that I use down below. But once you kind of recognize your triggers on like why you're acting anxious and like That really helps you move forward in a way that I think is really productive. So let's like backtrack a little bit and be like, what is anxious attachment? For me, it's kind of like forms in like a paranoia that someone doesn't like you for like no reason at all. Like that's like kind of a really good way to describe it. Or you feel like literally anxiety about not being in contact with a person or not being close to a person and you need reassurance from that person. And if you don't, you feel like something's going wrong, something is wrong, and the world's about to explode.
0: yes, and I feel like it overall just is insecurity and a constant need of reassurance, the fear that somebody's going to abandon you or leave you and this comes also like in people placers, I would say, like sometimes doing stuff to like keep people happy or keep people in your life that you may not necessarily do or it's out of character for you, just to, to form that, like, I guess, false sense of like friendship or attachment. I actually thought that this was me way more like when I started looking into attachment styles, I was like, Oh, no, I definitely have like anxious attachment because of my last relationship. Like, I felt like that. But then I realized that they were anxiously attached. When I was like reading through it, I was like, Is that more them or is that more me? And that caused me anxiety because it was like a constant feeling of like reassurance and like codependency that I don't think like I was ever used to because it was like my first relationship. So I went for being single like 20 years of my life to having somebody wanting to hang out with me, like, every single day. And, like, if we didn't hang out, like, you know, like, it was, like, why were we hanging out? Like, it was just, like, constant need. It was, like, a little bit of a, like, clinginess that I was, like, super independent that I, like, kind of fed into. So this one is, like, really interesting. And I think I do have some traits of anxious attachment, like, here and there. And you can have several. Like, you're not, like, put in a box. Like, you can have anxious attachment and you can have certain traits of avoidant attachment. Um, that you do on like, not consciously, I would say with me, I have an avoidant attachment style with like my family members from Mexico, I'm really bad at like keeping in touch with them. Even when they reach out, I'm bad at like replying to text messages. And I will say that like, that's with everybody. And that's not like a conscious choice that I'm like making not to reply to you. But I think like, because I was raised in the US, and I didn't actually get to like form connections with my family in Mexico. It's kind of like a defense mechanism that it's like, why would I build a really like an attachment to somebody I can't see? You know what I mean? Mm, Like, and I can't experience and I can't be with. So I am definitely like working on that aspect. And then for my anxious attachment, I definitely think that it's the fear of like somebody leaving you. Right. Mm -hmm. And that one is, I think, for me where it gets a little tough and a little it gets a little weird. But I'm way more securely attached, like reading about attachment made me realize that I'm way more securely attached. And actually, it's funny, because I wanted to work on it because I like somebody. And I was just like, I, you know, my last relationship was like a little weird. Maybe it was like my attachment style issues that I want to work on. Let me work on these and let let me explain that, like, I'm working on these issues, because I was like, starting to feel like insecure in the in the relationship that I was starting to build. And I was like, well, maybe this is my attachment styles, but it wasn't it wasn't. It's funny how that
1: happens. It's funny
0: how that happens. Sometimes if I believe that if you read too much into your issues and you fixate too much in the fact that you may have issues, like it's hyper self-awareness, it might actually contradict what you're trying to do. But reading about attachment styles actually really helped with that.
1: I think that, I mean, for me, I oftentimes, I don't know, maybe it's like birds of a feather flock together, but I see a lot of, I talk to like friends and I'm like, okay, like they'll be, we'll be talking boys and they'll say something. And I'm like, I think that's your, like, you might want to look into anxious attachment because, you know, I'm just saying from a bitch who's been there. Um, I think another thing about anxious attachment is that like you really do desire closeness with people, but you might not really you might that might come from anywhere. Right. So I think that a lot of people with anxious attachment might get attached to like the wrong people because they feel closeness with somebody and that's what they're really craving. Um, I'm talking from personal things but uh the other thing with anxious attachment is it's one of those things that you can work through a little bit easier with using like I I forget who told us this but like the stop method like instead of going into like an anxious spiral like oh they're not texting me back because they must be out they must be cheating on me they must be doing this like that's my, that's why when the real reason is that they're not texting you back because their phone died Yeah. And I think that's like, so like to stop and be like, okay, what is actually happening here? What information do I have? And what am I making up in my mind? I think a lot of people that are anxiously attached, if the person they're trying to attach to, like, isn't giving them the reassurance that they want, they can go a little haywire. Hence why I've been called crazy before is because like, I did not feel securely attached to a person. And it really made me just like kind of go cuckoo's bananas because I was making up a story in my mind because I was so afraid of this person abandoning me for somebody else. And I think that what you were saying about your past relationship where it comes off as like clinginess, I think that's a really often thing that someone, if you've heard that you're clinging before, it might not, it might be just some like shit you can work on. It might be a little anxious attachment. Um, And it definitely leads to codependent relationships because you're constantly wanting to be with someone. Like, this doesn't just, like, start in the dating phase. It goes through an entire relationship. You could be anxious anxious the entire relationship. You could be dating someone for four or five years and still be anxious. And that causes, like, a lot of stress on a relationship, especially if the other one is securely attached.
0: Or just has a different attachment style. Or just have a different attachment style. Yeah. And I will say like, I, I felt more like this growing up, like with friendships with people that made me feel insecure in environments that I didn't feel secure in. And I think how to kind of like work on this is just like, I learned like the boundaries in therapy really changed my life, like putting boundaries with your friends and mostly like you learn when people care about you, the second you start putting up boundaries and that, like, and following through with plans was like, super important for me. So like, for me, people that I feel like securely attached to as like having some anxious like traits is people who like follow through with plans. I am setting boundaries, they are setting boundaries and expectations of my friendship. I like this in everything, even at work, like, I feel the first thing that the first type of like touch base I've ever had with like a coworker or a boss, I'm like, I would like to know what your expectations are of me. So I can meet that. Because if you're just free-falling, free-falling life, like, I don't like that. I don't like to know, Mm -hmm. like, I need to know. It, It causes me anxiety not to know what you expect from me.
1: Yeah. I think that, I mean, I've talked about this previously, but I feel like the hardest part about being anxiously attached is when you get into, like, a type of relationship that's, like, actually... The person isn't is a good person and isn't avoidant because it's really hard when you're anxiously attached and you're dealing with someone who's avoidant and who's kind of avoiding intimacy is kind of ghosting you is like down for you one day, not down for you the next. It kind of like cements the beliefs you already have in your mind. And so like once I started dating someone that was securely attached and like we didn't have a situationship period. Right. We went from dating to boyfriend, girlfriend and that's been it you know and i think that some people can do situationships i cannot it's not good for me <laughs> it's not good for my brain i'm the type of person who only dates one person at a time because it just i don't like having murky waters me i don't
0: too I don't messy. like any of
1: that it's just too messy and i already have issues of like distrust and fear So dealing with that with multiple people, it just gets cuckoo bananas.
0: I very much so agree with you. Uh, But that's not everybody. And I think, like, just to say, like, if you have an anxious attachment and you do want to, like, be with somebody who's avoidant it's going to be a challenge. Make sure maybe that they also understand attachment styles <laughs> and you're working on it together. And maybe, you know, that's something that could, that you could both heal and work on together. But if one person is unwilling to like, kind of look within, it's going to be hard.
1: And, you know, I think that it's interesting how attachment styles kind of like, uh, are portrayed in media um, I was kind of doing some research on attachment styles and I was looking up like avoidant attachment style and I was like, Oh, this is like Alex Karev from Grey's Anatomy. Like he's a <laughs> textbook avoidant. Like yeah. he literally doesn't want to date anybody. He's like super just thinks I like I'm independent. I can do this all in myself. And I thought that was interesting because it like it happened the way he acts as an avoidant attachment style like plays out in all of his relationships. Until he works on himself. And then, like, he becomes the hero. <laughs> so people change. <laughs> <laughs> on, on a TV show, well, they and, change. And then, and, you know, and then the other thing is, like, I think we see anxious attachment styles. Unfortunately, when it ha- comes to reality TV, they make the person who's anxious attached the crazy girl. The girl who busts in on dates to get reassurance <laughs> that they're still in the running. And the dude's like, I don't know why she's fucking losing her mind. It's like, because she's anxious because you're dating 10 other people. She can't handle it. She wasn't built for this. Uh, no one was built for that. I think. I he- know.
0: <laughs> but has yeah, specifically. Oh, my God. The- those the villains on The Bachelor. They're just really, really <laughs> and, and, and anxious attached people. I mean, I mean, I would and say I most get of it. the time. I get it. I understand. I will lose it too.
1: Exactly. No, I think um, another resource that I will not, not, a, not another resource that I watch a lot of. It's called Psychology in Seattle and he breaks down reality TV show with the lens from a psychologist, and he has quite a few on attachment styles, uh, mostly how they perpetuate a 90-day fiancé. They're fucking so fascinating. Like, I'm telling you, I've watched all his shit, and it's just so interesting to see, like, you know, theories played out on television and having a therapist be like, okay... He's funny, though, because he's like, oh, there's a lot to digest in that clip. Like... (laughs) he goes through it. But yeah. So those are the two two main ones. The third one we're going to touch lightly on because very few people have this, but it's called disorganized or fearful avoidant, and mostly it's characterized as like they don't they want closeness, but they're literally afraid of intimacy because they just like think that it's inevitable for them to get hurt, which is sad. And sometimes I see a little bit of that in me, and I when I first did a attachment styles, this is what I thought I was. Which, eh, you know, it differs, but it's just like a fear of rejection from someone that you love. So you just avoid it altogether. So the last one. So those are like the three insecure attachment styles. And then the last one's like a secure attachment. And, and we love, you know, we love this for you. secure
0: attached. Yeah. I also, I, when I was reading about this, I was like... <gasps> maybe I am I have way more traits of a secure detached person I was like fuck me up and I my do biggest, too yeah I, I mean, re- biggest one is like trusting the world trusting the universe like the biggest one is like you have general trust in others like, I, I seeing, think you don't think people are out to get you yeah I'm like yeah I was like damn this used to be me <laughs>
1: Yeah, I um, when I took a test, because I was just curious, I retook the test, and the last time I took the test was like three or four years ago, and I was very, very much showed anxious attached type traits, but I was like very firm on the secure attachment time this time for one of the tests I take, and I was like kind of like good for me, okay, maybe the therapy's working, but I think it <laughs> also just comes from when you're like anxiously attached, You can get involved with someone really quickly, and like you really shouldn't have put all of your trust into a person you just met. Like, hey, you just met this guy at the rail at a show. I don't think we should decide we're gonna fall in love with this guy, okay? Like, that's probably just not a good idea, (laughs) right? And so now that I'm a little older and wiser, I think I'm more securely attached because I just hold attachment. A, l- a little less Oprah, you get to be attached to me, you get to be attached to me, you get to be attached to me. Everyone gets to be attached, you know?
0: Yeah, I'm not like, <laughs> I want you all. Yes, I come off as like a little bit of a crackhead, but I'm, I'm more selective than I look. And I think that's something, yeah, I've also developed is like, noticing traits in people and being like that's not what I want and being able to walk away from that attachment without feeling like <gasps> mm-hmm. why can't I talk to them why wouldn't they love me yeah other like I guess signs of like secure attachment is just communicating with people and I also feel like the relationships in your life can also help you form secure yeah. attachment I will say like the more I hang out with my, like as I've gotten older the better and better relationship like with my parents with like my really close friends i think have led me to have this like really clear version of what like i want my like partner to be like what i feel like i deserve the type of communication that i want and feeling like safe in my relationships so i don't feel like i need to be like in constant communication with them or they have to validate my how how they feel about me all the time
1: Yeah, and another quality of secure attachment is, like, um, well, these are all characterized about, like, how you feel about yourself. So, like, as you increase trust and confidence in who you are, like, the better chance you are to be more securely attached. Um, You know, that, like, you know, everyone always says, like, you have to love yourself before you can love anybody else. And I think that's – this play that plays into a lot of things, but I think it's partially because if you are confident in yourself – and know that you can depend on yourself you don't like need a like you don't need closeness and attachment to people that like are undeserving of it you know you're not you're not just attaching to whatever fucking person you mate on the subway because you can trust yourself
0: and i think that's something that you have to ask yourself right like if you're dating somebody who's like anxiously attached or avoidant and that's just like something maybe that you realize well I really am into this person but they cannot form a connection with me like you may just need to let them move on let you move on let them go and they they'll they're gonna heal in their own time and space you can't like force somebody to start like working on themselves at the end of the day
1: I think that I mean I think anyone can examine like problems in their relationship and maybe this might be the answer to some people's you know, quote, unquote, problems. I'm putting that in air quotes. But it is really hard to date someone who is anxious attachment if they're not willing to, like, realize that, like, they're being unfair to you. I know, like, like, I know when I've been unfair to partners and when my friends have been unfair to partners, when it's like, this person has never cheated on you. They are a securely attached person. But you, anytime they don't text you or anytime you don't hear the, from them for 15 minutes, you start freaking out and saying, like, accusing them of cheating, which is, you know, accusing them of cheating or accusing them of not liking you. Or you're so desperate for reinsurance that it becomes exhausting to the other person. And that can be really hard. And so, yeah, it's like a, two, a relationship's a two-way street. So whether you're the secure one or the person who has an insecure attachment you're going to have to, like, decide whether you it's something you want to work on for your relationship or just for yourself. Yeah,
0: very much so. And I like to think that we should all just work on it for ourselves. And then that way, any type of friendship, relationship that comes our way, we know how to communicate what we need and where we're at right like it's okay to be anxiously attached and it's okay to have avoidant tend be avoidant or have either tendencies but to be able to tell somebody like hey this is kind of like what i need in friendship and communicating with people overall very very important
1: yeah and vice versa where communicating like i think obviously like It's interesting because no matter what your issue is, more communication never hurts. So I think like anyone describing like what they need from somebody else helps. And I think a lot of people are afraid to like are afraid to ask for things because they think they're too big of asks. You know what I'm saying? And they go feeling resentment for things they haven't asked for. If you need more reinsurance from somebody, it's okay to communicate that. You might seem needy on some level, but if that would help out the relationship overall, then you should probably at least try to communicate with your partner that that's something that you would like, and vice versa.
0: Word. You couldn't have said that any better.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there's this... What is the saying? It's like unsaid requests are always going to be broken... I don't know. But basically, if you don't ask for something, (laughs) if you never ask for something, it's never going to be fulfilled.
0: It's always going to be a no. Yeah. Unless you ask. Exactly.
1: So
0: you might as well ask, because it might be a yeah. It might be a hell yeah. And And if it's
1: a no, you're exactly where you were before, so. (laughs) And now you have a little bit more information that someone is a little bit unwilling to work with you. Yeah. So then you either got to deal with that yourself or... Find a new person.
0: (laughs) And I know that's easier said than done. But in the grand scheme of things, I feel like we all always want a shot to be like, I wouldn't even call it happy because I feel like relationships are so much work, but like at peace in our relationships, right? And to feel safe in our relationships. And I feel like through communication, that's the only way to do that. If you're in a toxic ass relationship then you don't feel well, you're not going to feel happy, but you also don't feel at peace with somebody.
1: The worst thing about toxic relationship is that when new things come up, it's just more intensified. So if you're kind of already at like a low level of peace, when there is conflict, it's a lot easier to deal with and recover from than when you're constantly like on like kind of a high frequency high wave for your relationship and I think like peace is like the best thing like that's the best part about our relationship right is not having to question this person constantly and just knowing that like okay like we're cool until we say we're not you know yeah.
0: I agree. And that's when you know you got a good thing going. Exactly. I agree. When you don't feel any sort of mistrust and security where you can just sit with somebody and genuinely feel like you're on the same page. And I think like that's something you can really truly feel when you're like connected and it's just right. Like that's my biggest sign of like being in love. If something doesn't feel right. If you feel like and this is aside from like, obviously, we have these attachment styles that sometimes can make things not feel right. Mm -hmm. But if you work on these and something doesn't feel right, then that's when, you know, like something's going on.
1: Yeah, I know. I think that's that's kind of like that's the thing where sometimes I feel like we feel something deep in our stomach. And once we and that's why I would say like work on this like on your own. Because I've come I mean I know you have I know I have or something doesn't feel right but you're also anxious you're also anxious and you're you know you're like is this me being anxious and overreacting or is there something here and a couple of times there's just been something there you know and it's like "Ah, if I had worked on this independently so that I wasn't feeling like is this me or them I could have probably moved forward knowing it was them.
0: Yeah exactly. (laughs) No, girl, believe me, believe yeah. me. The second the second things came out, I was like, "Oh, this there it makes is. so much sense." Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so you know, uh,
1: stay woke, queens. <laughs> yeah, and little, the, yeah, and just summing up, like, tips on how to heal. Anyone is able to like heal from this and move forward into like having a really secure relationship. A couple of mm-hmm. things, as we've already talked about books that you can read and then another thing is like journaling um obviously journaling is specifically about like maybe when you get triggered like if and what does that feel like in your body because i know when i get anxious about you know when i get anxious about a relationship or what somebody's doing i literally feel it in my chest like i can feel it and journaling like what that feels like and why you're feeling that and identifying triggers like if you notice that you get really upset every time x happens put that down reflect on that figure out what you can do to feel less anxious if it's something you want to work on if you don't want to fucking yell at your boyfriend every time he doesn't text you back (laughs) or because he missed your call just like work on that and yeah baby it's the season of healing so i believe in you i believe
0: in everybody as well we're it's supposed to be like an eclipse season and Scorpio or some bullshit, mm-hmm. and it's supposed to be transformational. So all you bitches, start transforming. We're ready to be beautiful, secure, attached, little baby spring butterflies. Woo! <laughs> woo! And to crave relationships with other securely
1: attached individuals. Woo! woo, woo, woo! <laughs> doing what's best for us.
0: Exactly. Bow,
1: bow, bow. Plugs of the week. Okay, so mine is called "Attached." Are you anxious, avoidant, or secure? How the science of adult attachment can find can help you find and keep love by Dr. Amir Levine and Rachel S.F. Healer M.A. Uh, that's one of the books that I read about this, and it's specifically kind of reflecting on adults and how you can kind of move forward in relationships
0: okay so i am plugging the nxc style on instagram she essentially just dresses really fucking cool and i feel like it's inspirational to add some color to your closet and overall get styling ideas so go follow her it's again avery at then xcs style
1: those are the plugs of the week
0: all right everybody thanks so much for listening yet another week another episode of thanks for your concern as always please subscribe on spotify and apple Podcasts, and go follow us on instagram at thanks number four your concern and my personal instagram is at bernice ideas m
1: and i'm at ll tutor
0: all right everybody see you next Toodles. week Toodles.